instead a thousand shrubs the strong will never fall stars without you my soul Reina. Yes. Thank you for coming on to my podcast today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Why wouldn't I? You are, uh, first of all, I would like to say, your voice, your vibe, your stream, your music, amazing. You're an amazing person. I love you very much. I've been trying to sort of take into my practice recently, telling the people that are very, you know, inspirational and important to me, you know, that I love them. So very, want you to know that I love you very much. Your music inspires me, and just your whole vibe is just magnificent. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, where does where does all your positivity and your energy come from? It has to be like God given, because um, this is just me. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like I went to summer camp, so there's that. Uh, but but no, this is it's pretty much just me. I, I definitely practice what I preach. I say my thankfuls. I have bad days. I have good days. But, but like, I mean, you guys have seen me for a year. I haven't faltered. It's who I am. Yeah, I've been following you for about seven months, just over. And, uh, you know, I've enjoyed every stream that I've managed to make. Get on a little bit early before me. But uh, <laughs> usually it's nice to start my day. I wake up and I see, oh, Raina's live. So once I get up and I start making breakfast, I pop in there. Feed the kids. I go over my morning joint and I'm listening to Raina. The vibe's awesome. I come Hell back yeah. in. I do some dishes while Raina's on in the background. You know, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Have a good time. Hell yeah. Little wake um, and bake dish. Yeah, almost every day. But um, for people who are unaware, people might be listening that aren't in the chat immediately, uh, tell them how long you've been playing and writing music for. So, um,. I guess I just dated back to college as when I really started like writing music. I've always practiced music ever since like single digits. I was kind of like, I'm going to be a musician. Um, and then uh, in college, I started writing and recording. And that was the late 90s and the early 2000s. So that's how long it's been. So you've been doing it almost your whole life. If you go down to the single digits, you wanted to be, you know, the aspir yeah. aspiration for it and stuff. When I was seven, I wanted to be an x-ray technician because I had asthma and I had a lot of like, like heart monitors and I would go in for tests. And so when I was really young, that's what I wanted to be. But then by the time I hit like nine or 10, I wanted to be a musician and I've literally never wanted anything else. I've never quit music or or anything like that. It's always just been like, okay, well, this is a compulsion. I can't stop it. So honestly, it was like that for me too. I was really like always, I found the Beatles and I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like the idea that John Lennon had was that he saw Elvis shaking his hips and he said, that's a good job, you know, just do that <laughs> for a living. But um, yeah, no, I wanted to just uh, get up there and make music. I don't think I put enough effort into actually learning that's my problem is that i have adhd so when it comes to actually paying attention and focusing on what i'm doing 
it's i'm not that great at doing that but i'm legitimately an okay you know guitarist at least i don't know about musician in general but i do multi-instrument myself but uh i don't i don't do it live like you you got you've got guts i don't know how you do it on on twitch and stuff i've tried it i've done it i've been live a couple times had a few people in there just like you know friends and stuff that watch them and and i you know i still have performance anxiety i don't know how you do it i i like to say that i had the worst stage fright like ever ever like debilitating like like I would practice and practice and practice and practice and then it would come time for the show and I would like cry and yell at my mom like don't make me go like you can't do this this is not fair and she'd be like I literally saw you practicing for this for like the last two months like you're doing it and there was a lot of years probably like from the time I was probably like I know the exact moment I got stage right. I will never forget the first experience where I was just like, holy shit. Like, and then it lasted until I was probably like 25. And it was just like, it was just one of those things where it was just like, okay, well, I guess like, like I'm that sadistic where I'm going to go keep torturing myself and having panic attacks and like giving myself anxiety and like saying mean things to the people I love because I'm scared. Um, and then eventually one day the stage fright goes away and uh you're happy for a little bit and you're it's kind of like weird because you're like your old friend is gone and then eventually you miss stage fright and you're like how can I get it back like what like what is it going to take for me to feel that like feeling again so it becomes kind of like a thrill like so so that's kind of where I'm at I'm in that stage now but I've been through I've been through it (laughs) that's interesting I mean I'm in the stage where I have like big big anxiety performance anxiety like i'm i'm pretty good at i can manage to get something recorded every once in a while but as soon as i hit like the record button nobody even has to be watching me i get like performance anxiety immediately like i'll be playing something i'll be like oh that's really good record and then i'm just like oh (laughs) that's not what i meant to do yeah but um yeah no i i honestly I've sat down with a few teachers here and there, but I know that a couple of them have found me difficult to work with. Uh, but it's it's just my attention span, I think, that because eventually, like, I'll sit down and play music and I'll be enjoying myself. But after uh, 10 minutes, I'll just be like, okay, that's enough of that. And I'll walk away and take a break and I'll come back to it eventually. But I need to just music get my attention is- off second. Music is one of those lifelong journeys where you don't have to squeeze it in and cram and be good at it right away. You can you can nickel and dime music for the rest of your life and still find joy in it. And 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 people need to understand that there's just there's an infinite amount of goals for the infinite amount of people that want to pursue music in whatever aspect, whether it's I just want to be a good enough to feel comfortable singing my child a lullaby or if they want to rock, you know, whatever, if they want to rock a big stage or, or whatever it is, nobody's goals are less or, or worse than anybody else's or better than anybody else's. And uh, there's no timeline. It's, it's not football. You don't age out. It's, it's music. You can do it forever. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to do it too, because if you learn too quickly, then you eventually you'll run out of ideas and you're just like, well, I'm too good now. I don't know. I have nothing to learn. And 
I think it was uh, Randy Rhodes was talking to Ozzy the night before um, he had to pass away uh, that he was going to quit music because he, he had done it all. His mother was a classical music teacher and he learned from her and he knew all the everythings of classical music and then he went to be a rock and roll star. He was in Quiet Riot and then he went to Ozzy Osbourne and then he was just like, I think I'm pretty fulfilled now, you know, I can't play any more guitar, you know, I've got, I've done everything with the guitar that I can do. And he was going to quit. And then he passed away the next night. So that was uh, unfortunate. <laughs> but, um, but those are, that's an example of somebody who learned too fast, I think, is, uh, as a musician. And he felt like... He I don't know if you can learn too fast. I mean, it's well, music. Obviously, there eventually he would have come around and been like, okay, there's other things I can learn. There's other things. There's yeah. always other things. It's music. That's what's so cool about it. And you can make your own. Like, you can invent your own music. Like, it's yeah. endless. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's sort of like the biggest thing about music that inspires me. Just like in general, and the thing that keeps me coming, searching for people like you creatives and like people who can flow like that in general it's just like that pit that you have inside of you is endless and it's although it's i have like uh you know spiritual beliefs that everybody's pretty much the same mm-hmm. even though you're kind of the same person as me that well that's in me is not the same as the well that's in you and your creative well is deeper than anybody's imagination can go and it's the same for me right Mm -hmm. so it in the the entirety of the world that flow of creativity and that's just for music in general is just Mm -hmm. endless so if you incorporate any kind of other art like painting or anything like that creativity is just infinite so it's It's just 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 flows out of us and i don't know why some people don't see that some people just spend their life being bitter and uh it's hard you know i get students that come to me and they're like you know in their 40s or 50s or 30s or 20s or whatever it is and they're like yeah i've always wanted to be a singer but when i would sing around the house when i was seven my mom would tell me to shut up and so i never sang Mm. and then it's just you know it could it could literally be a teacher in kindergarten that tells you sorry you're not good enough to get that part and it's a passing comment but it sticks with you and 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 that could be for anything how do you get an f in art how do you you know some of these things that people how how can someone tell you that like you're not a good dancer when like these things are they're primal and they're they're innate and so i think academics has a lot to do with the reason that people stop pursuing and they and they they start to just kind of be like well i'm not good at that mm-hmm. so let me just let me just do something else let me be a doctor let me be which we need doctors we need we need we need Every we need all kinds of people in the world. Uh, people that do sanitation. We right. need definitely. But I get what you're saying. When like a lot of people have that flow of creativity when they're younger, but when mm-hmm. they grow up and get into high school and college and stuff like that, they realize, well, yeah, my my you know drama teacher said that's not that I'm not good enough for that. So I'm gonna just you know become an electrician because I know you know how my way around circuitry or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, no, I get that for sure because that instance that I just gave is kind of something that I've, you know, considered too. I've considered giving up art for like literally learning like how to be an electrician and circuitry and stuff. Cause I knew my, in, in high school, I knew my way around science class, let's just say specifically. And it was like, okay, 
so I can figure these things out. So let's, if I can do that, and I can't do art because I did get an F in art somehow in right, high school. Right, right. Uh, no, I, I did a project that I was told to do, and I did it incorrectly because I didn't follow the guidelines. So I got an F. Yeah. How, how I, you do? I don't. I like you were saying. I don't know how you fail art class, and it's like mm -hmm. I like I created a similar project, and I had the same kind of out output as the rest of the people in the class it was just incorrect in the right. instruction and it you was like how dare you not put blue on your art now i gotta give you an f that's right? how you know it sucks for art teachers too is like it sucks for them too because they don't want to do that mm. they're artists they just they teach because that's how they make their living but they're artists and and like it hurts for them to say like to put parameters on art i'm sure you know um so it's just kind of that it's that system and and not everybody is supposed to be an artist but everybody should have art in their life yeah. you know we need accountants we need we need gardeners we need we need all of these different we need barbers we need all kinds of people um but everybody should have art in right. some form right but sing in your car on the way home from work right relieve that <laughs> tension that you have sing in your car do something that's anything, creative anything. Yeah, dance in your shower. Maybe no dance in your shower. You might yeah, slip. You but might you fall. <laughs> you get the point. You get the point. Yeah, but you were mentioning uh, your students. I'm I'm familiar that with the fact that you've been teaching music. But how long <laughs> have you been teaching for? Have you? I've been teaching since college. So that was when people like I I studied music in college, and so people would be like, "Give me a lesson, hook mm. me up." And then it 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 took so long for me to like embrace it because I taught like I just would always teach, but I didn't want to call myself a teacher because like I didn't want to be a teacher. Everybody in my family was teachers, and then it was like, "Oh man, well I'm kind of good at this." So and so it just kind of became like, "Okay, well let me stop fighting what like I'm really good at." When and, people uh, want to use the word teacher and you don't want to use the word teacher, you tell them you're a practitioner. <laughs> yeah. So use the smart word, but it still sounds like you're some kind of doctor, but you're not. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, I've been teaching um, since ugh, 2005, 2004, somewhere in there. Um, and then I joined take lessons in 2014 or 2015. I can't remember. And that's an online teaching site. And I started, that was when like teaching went crazy for me because I started teaching all over the world because I was teaching online on Skype or on, and, and so now I teach exclusively online, of course, um, which is amazing. But I actually, I started teaching exclusively online about three and a half years ago when we went on van life in 2017 i i started teaching exclusively online and it's been one of the greatest jobs i've ever had so we're gonna get to your van life eventually because uh i was reading <laughs> some of your posts on your website and they really got to me a little bit so we're gonna get to that oh yay um but you aren't just a singer though right you you've been in a couple plays you act too right I do. I started acting um, about four years ago when we moved to the Midwest. I got I got depressed. I had never been depressed, or if I had been depressed, I never thought about it because I grew up in California and there's lots of sunshine. And so, like, who's thinking about that? But I, I got depressed for the first time, and I was just like, I need something to light a fire under my ass. And I had thought about acting for a long time. 
And I went out for an audition and the way that I felt was like, Ooh, that's a good charge. So I, st- I, I got some, I got some parts. Uh, and then, uh, I kept getting more parts and apparently I'm kind of good. I don't know if I'm good, but, but apparently I'm kind of good because people keep hiring me. So that's, so that's that, how but, I feel about things is like, like you don't, yeah. you don't think you're really that good, but people keep telling you you're pretty good. So you must be all right, I guess. Right. All I know is it scares the shit out of me. It scares me so much. And so I can't stop doing it. I'm mm. obsessed with it. I don't get that with you. It's like, it scares you. So you got to do it more. For me, it's not like that. For me, it's like, oh, it scares the shit out of me. I'm going to go the other way now, you know? <laughs> nope. No. It, you know, if I could make it harder, live harder, die nasty, right, guys? Mm. Live harder, die nasty. So I'm out there just challenging myself. How long have you been acting for? You said since? Since 2017. 2017. So it was like, we went on van life. We moved to the Midwest. I had my first winter in the Midwest. I had some things happen in my life. I got severely depressed and I went on an audition. And that mm. was my that was my coping mechanism was like, let me go try something new. I mean, so. I guess it works. If it works, it works, right? If it works. Yeah. Um, is it the same kind of experience as like a live gig, like like playing music? I mean, obviously it's not the same experience, but is it the same kind of experience like getting up on the stage and being in front of people and you're doing something different, but. At this point, singing is so second nature. Um, that like, I, I'm not really terrified of it. There was one time on, on Twitch where I was just like, I got nervous and I, I was like, Ooh, that was a good feeling. Um, and I remember that experience, but acting, whew, acting is like with singing, you're in the moment, you're telling the story, you're, you're connecting with the audience. There's that whole exchange of energy with acting. You have to completely forget that you exist. And you have to be so involved in what the other person is telling you. And that that ability to listen and to and to react is so new and so foreign to me that um, it's really difficult. And then on top of that, obviously, you're remembering lines and you're remembering places and you're remembering cues and you're remembering all that stuff. But really, it was the abandonment of myself and learning that like, as long as I'm a vessel for the story, I'm good enough. And that was a really hard lesson. But it was something that I think shaped who I am today was was those lessons. I think that's it. As long as I'm a vessel for the story, then I'm good enough. You know, that's 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 a i like that i like that a lot i'm gonna i'm gonna use that on something or something <laughs> um you've been learning how to use a new piece of equipment recently that uh the little 505 yeah it's in the arsenal of many twitch musicians that i've been watching lately i'm very i'm very envious of it i'm very aaron aaron goldberg is the one who aaron just... is the one who sparked yeah. that little thing for me and he'll be back on this podcast eventually too aaron if you're listening you know um, hear me. <laughs> right. But, um, I, it was like, I watched Aaron do it and then everybody started getting one or everybody that I was started watching just like had one. It was just like, why does everybody have one of these? Now? I don't know if you're aware of this. That thing is like twice as expensive here in Canada as it is there. So it costs a thousand dollars here and Ouch. they are sparse. Every music store that had one in stock no longer has them in stock. Mm. So it's almost impossible to find. I ended up selling my Gibson to try and get one and I didn't make enough money to get it. So I ended up blowing that money, but oh, now you don't have a Gibson either. Yeah. Well, I have, I have, 
know if you've ever seen Nebula, but this is my custom Epiphone Explorer. Um, I've never seen Nebula, but that's fun. She's definitely fun. I had her custom painted by a friend of mine. And she's, she's my little toy, so she's what I have around, and plus I have this one in the back that I also play with. I have a couple other ones. I built a yeah. Flying V, and I also have a base, so I still mess around. But um, I don't have a Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the 505 was what I really wanted. That thing, that thing is just amazing. It's incredible. I've seen Aaron do some spectacular things with it, and now I'm seeing you do some crazy things with it. I have a little RC1. It's basically okay. the first model of the of the of the 505. Mm -hmm. But it's broken now. Hopefully, um I've got a I've got a message saying that somebody's going to replace it, but we'll see what okay. happens. Um how how do how have you been taking to that um the 505? Oh how my god, I freaking love it. I freaking love it. I had a VE20, a Boss VE20 like man like years ago probably like eight years ago and this is what i wish it was because it was not that it was a vocal pedal and like it just it was so limited and then like i would see we speak english good play around with his pedals and you know it's like a freaking board and it's like all these mm. wires like i'm a super acoustic person like i'm not trying to do all that but now that i'm sitting here in this studio day after day and i don't really have to technically like move a bunch of stuff this RC505 is so legit and I like I just I love it. I want to learn more about it because it's allowing me to express ex exactly what I want. Well, more what I want when I learn how to use it better, mm. but just to see everybody use it and use it so differently. Like everybody own expression like Aaron uses it. Aaron EBX Aaron uses one. Um oh and Aaron Goldberg. <laughs> so so E R N A A R they both use it and they both use it so differently. Um, I, I want to say Emily McVicker has one, but I'm not sure if that's what she's using. I can't remember right now, but yesterday they had a, a little gathering for 505s. It's called the 505 Fest. It happens like once every couple of months. Okay. People who have a 505 on Twitch, they do a raid train into each other. And oh, um, okay. yeah, I, w I mentioned that on your last stream too, that, that, Maybe you could get in on the next one because if you're learning it. Um, yeah, I want to get in on that. How's it been difficult to learn, though? No. It's pretty I mean, easy? I, I do all my learning pretty much on Twitch. Like, <laughs> I might do, like, like watch, like, a YouTube video and then, like, hope that the information soaks in so I can use it on Twitch. Uh, but no, this thing is so user-friendly. I love it. Somebody just said something in chat. I don't understand guitars. They all have strings and a pickup and a neck. It's the same minus the look. Some will have more or less strings and bass. Sentimental value, I guess. So the they one that I have, the, the, the guitar that I just showed off, uh, it's, it's a different shape. It's a different type of wood. The wood makes also makes the sound sound different. But pickups, are they have different magnets in them different sensitivities and they're wound differently with the wiring and the wires are made of different things so it gives you a different kind of feedback for each type of thing you've got um you know different types of pickups you've got humbuckers you've got um uh p90s you've got like different things and, and like i say they're all they've all got different specifics to them which makes everything sound different my uh explorer there that i showed off is made of mahogany 
I believe the the one back here, the white one, is made of uh, a lighter wood. I'm not exactly sure what it's made out of, but they sound different because of the the body, not only oh. shape, but the material that they're made out of, as well as the pickups that are in them. And the strings are a different gauge; they're a different thickness, so that makes the sound different as well. And uh, you also have individual tone pots. If they're produced by different companies, then they're different. They're going to have different tones to them. They're going to have different. Uh, you know, I'm getting into specifics here that you guys don't really need to know, but uh, all kinds of things like that. I'm just uh, covering that in the chat. It's not just sentimental value. Um, they, think they, of it like human. Think of it like the human voice. Like it's all just flesh and goo and bone. But Valo sounds completely different than I do because the shape of his nose and the shape of his eyes and the right. shape of his jaw. And so it's the same thing uh, with any instrument. The way that it's shaped and what it's made of is going to make it sound completely different. And you're not always going to like them all. There's some guitars where I'm just like, that's horrible. I don't like singing with saxophone. I think that my voice sounds too much like a saxophone and there's too much just like vibration on vibration. So mm. like I like with lower things so it all it all plays a factor and then it has to resonate in your ear bone blamin so you know you gotta like it at the end of the day there too so i just saw chat hi sally yeah i mean everything about instruments really um makes what they are and how they sound and everything like that so but speaking we're talking about instruments one of my questions is yeah. further down the list but i'm going to pull it up now uh okay. do you have a favorite instrument the voice the voice. Followed, by, followed by percussion yeah okay definitely i like that a lot of people wouldn't think of considering the voice but i like how you consider the voice and definitely have... I mean, you can learn how to use it that makes it an instrument okay let's pull out this uh little pen pal letter that you gave oh me. yay i loved how very colorful it was written in different colors and everything let's see like if my that. answers are the same because you know how sometimes your answers change on a day yeah i'm ready I'm okay, ready. So what does your favorite t-shirt look like? My favorite t-shirt is a Miguel t-shirt. But but I didn't have this shirt when I wrote you that pen pal letter. And I love this 1111 shirt. Like the material, the design. I love it. So it's a tie. But yeah. but my other favorite shirt is a Miguel shirt. And I got it at the Miguel concert. Yeah, your answer is the same here on this paper. So. <laughs> uh, teleportation or flying? Definitely oh, teleporting. Wait a second. I'm going to go back because I didn't answer it for okay, you yes, yes. me. My favorite t-shirt is a long sleeve t-shirt. Uh, I interviewed somebody a while back that I met uh, in the DTFH, the Duncan Trussell family, our, our group community. Um, my sister Dove, my spiritual sister Dove, um, she did yeah. this art design of like a Baphomet with like these big horns and a flame behind its head. And then it's got the Duncan Trussell family, our logo. And that's that's my favorite shirt. Just it's so well designed and it's so perfectly drawn. And on the back, it's got a little like, you know, a little script. I don't remember what it's. Embrace the universe's magic. So that's my Boom. favorite shirt. Boom! I love it. Okay, now we can move on to this next one. Teleportation or flying? You go first. Okay, uh, flying. Okay, why? I'm I ride my bike a lot. Hmm. And I've not, not only recently, for a long time, I've been um, mystified by how caught up in driving people are. 
and how like they're always like lost in it and they're like they have to pay so much attention and they focus on the road focus on the road you got to turn your flick around you got to put your belt on you got there's too much there's too much i'm I, i ride my bike i get on my bike I drive around, I look at the leaves, I look at the trees, I breathe the air. I let it I let it hit me, I let the air hit me. If it's raining, I let the rain hit me. I get to feel things, I get to breathe, I get to like I I look around me and I like to take it all in. And so flying, it teleportation if I was it boom somewhere in an instant, then I would not be I would be like eh, you know. I'm I'm here but I'm not happy about it. I would rather I would rather fly and see the the birds and the squirrels and I mean I'd be flying so the squirrels would be tiny little rats but um you know I get it I totally get it and there's flying squirrels so fly there you go them. sure yeah they they mostly just jump from far branches of trees but yeah um, but yeah uh, so what about you definitely teleport like I would love to just be like you know what like. Uh, let's just go have like lunch in Paris and then we go have lunch and then we can come home or like yeah, lunch in Paris. If you think of that at nine 30 in the morning, you can pack your picnic and you can fly there. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Look, you can have flying. I wanted to, I want to wait till the very last second and I want to be there. Okay. I want to like, I want to linger in this moment for so long. And then I want to just be like, boop. And if I'm driving long distances, I want to drive long distances until I don't. I also love the idea that like, I could go technically to to like Greece or something every day or like, like, look who's in chat. Let's see. I could go visit Sally. Right. And I could just be like, you know, I'm going to go visit Sally. Boop. And then I'm going to come home and sleep in my own bed and not worry about how gross the hotel is. And mm. then boop, I can go back and see her the next day. Yeah. It's okay. Crazy. You've got, you, you've got a fair point, but I still think that flying could be arranged in that same way. So I don't <laughs> think you, you really need it, but uh, I, get, I get you. It's fair. It's fair. Your, your answer hasn't changed. It's still teleportation on here, too. What is your current cell phone wallpaper? So I'll start again with... Uh, this is a little animation from the Midnight Gospel. It's probably too bright. You can't see it. A little animation from the Midnight Gospel. Oh, there it is. There it again, is. Uh, my, my friend Dub made it from the DTFH. And uh, if you unlock my phone, I don't know if you can see it behind my head. There's another. That's a commission that I had done by her. The and blue I, one or the red one? The blue one is Alex Gray. The red one is orange okay. and red and purple and stuff. And that's that's my wallpaper on okay. my actual unlocked phone. But uh, yeah, I had that commission done from her a while ago. Um, what's yours? I have to look. You have to look. Mine, mine is no, I don't. I change it. You know, I change mine it up a bit too. Is, um, some clouds. Like you can't really see it because I have a bunch of apps. But it's like it's a picture of the clouds, and it was taken by my friend um, Madison. She is a photographer for Four Twenty Pinups, and when the pandemic first started, she went and took a bunch of pictures of nature, and then put them up as free downloads for wallpaper on her on her social media and I thought that was really cool. So I downloaded the the weather and then um my lock screen is saucy and we speak English good and we're riding a boat in Chicago. Nice. Yeah, those are fun adventures. Boat rides. I like the boat rides. Um would you rather be an Olympic gold medalist or an astronaut? Oh my my answer definitely hasn't changed. I I do not condone space travel. I don't like it. (laughs) 
And so it would definitely be Olympic gold medalist. I think that they push really hard for what they for what they do. And it, I would want it to be for something like, like, I don't know what I would Olympic in. Maybe water polo. I don't know. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, it says on here something about water polo as well. Does it? Um, uh, but um, no, I definitely would go with astronaut because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you've done enough research, to be honest, though, because astronauts definitely do a lot of physical exertion as well and they have like a lot of it's not the astronauts it's the space junk for me it's the space junk i don't like space junk i i literally hate space junk space junk as in what like when you talk about planets or anything like that no 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 no. as in like when we go into space and we shoot our rockets into space and then the rocket ship like breaks off the pieces okay so you're actually talking about space trash Right, we are literally not, it's not worth littering space. Yeah. It's just not. No, lately we've been sort of going into this a little more. We're trying to come up with another means of sending something up there to collect all the junk, which is probably just going to get trashed as well eventually. Mm-hmm. But um there there's been a lot of like studies on how much space junk is actually around and and just the amount of litter that humans have created is quite appalling actually so. it's disgusting i have hated space junk since i was like six meanwhile I- elon musk launched a, a tesla into space a couple of years ago and you're just like why why do you need more junk in space you don't and what goes up must come down like like space junk falls yeah i mean <laughs> it's going to land on another asteroid or planet eventually anyway it's going to get lo- launched and stuck into the gravitational pull of something right and then who knows what that'll what kind of what that'll cause you send a car flying into Venus at, you know, obviously it's not, I mean, okay, a car flying into a planet is not going to do much, but you know, it's going at, you know, you a thousand know. times the speed of sound, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of space. I like space. I, even if it cost me my life and an arm or whatever, I'd, I'd, my, I could get sucked out of my head. I'm fine with that actually. <laughs> um, yeah. The next one was, do you play any sort of sports? Space junk is creating a problem with solar stuff. Hmm, she. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. That just made me laugh. <sighs> okay, uh, yeah. yeah. That's but, why uh, it sucks. Sorry, guys. No, we need to get rid of the space junk. The other one was, uh, do you play any, any sports? And then it was talking about your water polo in high school. I don't play any sports now. We were awful. We were the worst team ever, mm. ever. Ever. We got beat by everybody and eventually like some of the teams would stop trying like halfway through the game. They'd be like, we-. <laughs> we were awful and we had so much fun at every game, at every practice. Um and then I played like soccer as a kid and I played I tried basketball for a season, but I'm an artist. I'm not an athlete. The one sport that I really wanted to play was football. But you know, eventually like I'm not trying to get my ass like plowed over. So, no, I'm an artist. I'm not an athlete. Yeah. Um, I'm not an athlete either. I don't <laughs> like any. I, I, I was okay at, in net at soccer. If I was mm-hmm. in soccer, then I was okay. Um, so this one says, which cartoon character do you wish was real? But we also talked about superhero. Who's your favorite superhero? So which one do you want to do first? Cartoon character or superhero? <laughs> I want to do superhero because it's the question that I know I thought of and okay. I have the it's mystique because mystique can shapeshift and okay. that's dope. And it's my, my name is Raina mystique, like <laughs> a legal born name. 
That's my legal born name. But in the fourth grade, my best friend was like, your name is Mystique. Are you an X-Men? And like, we just had this, I didn't know what the X-Men was. And I found out about Mystique and I was like, dang, she's dope. So she's my favorite. Mm. As far as superheroes goes, mm-hmm. like I categorize like the main well-known ones as superheroes and stuff like that. But uh, like there are a few that are kind of out of category. I would class as superheroes that are like, not necessarily superheroes so that would fall under the cartoon character category i guess so what i'm going to say nope. for superhero is gambit X-Men, okay gambit. oh you're going x-men too yeah See, logan, logan is a close second for me wolverine's like a really like x-men is just kind of holds it down when it comes to like superheroes well see because when it comes to like cartoon characters or whatever i mean like if you want to say superhero i would say mega man but i don't know if he's classed as a superhero he's not like uh superman or batman he has powers he has powers and he saves the world Uh but like not every parent and their mother knows who super or who mega man is compared to spider-man or something like that so when you say but if if i had a more wide range than just what i'm categorizing as superheroes then i would say mega man i would say like you know certain video game characters counted then i would say mega man He's, I've always been like into the blue bomber. He's a, I grew up with those games and stuff like that. So the last right. one, I guess, is is cartoon character. If if which cartoon character do you wish was real? Snorlax. No, I, have <laughs> now. I don't even need a real Snorlax. This one is just fine because I don't have to feed it and it sleeps all day, so it's perfect. Yeah. Um, if any cartoon character were real, I feel like that question was really hard for me when I answered it. It was because you told me that you didn't have an answer. <laughs> and that I'd have to ask you on stream because you couldn't think of one right then. <laughs> That's tight. Yeah. <laughs> That's consistency, y'all. That's consistency. Um, oh my god, who do I what cartoon character do I wish was real? Thank you, Maxie. I don't know why that question is so hard for me. Um, no idea. I have no idea. I have no and idea. I give no you, I give you another few days. Next time I see you yeah. on, I'm popping in and I'm gonna ask you, and then I, I'll follow I, up with it in the in the in the notes on the show. I'll just follow it, put it in the promise. comments. Yeah. Thank you. Promise that I will have an answer for you. I don't know why that question is so hard for me. You better have an answer this time because I'm, I'm giving will. you more time this time. Um, oh, okay. So I didn't cover this when we were talking about the 505. Um, is it something you would recommend to other musicians? Is the 505 something you would 100%, recommend? 100%. It's really user-friendly, really easy, and uh, it's intuitive. So, yeah, totally. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. I was going to get to that. So I want to talk about your adventures now. Yeah. Van life. Uh, I know it was a few years ago. COVID has me craving excitement and, you know, exploration. Mm-hmm. I was reading the posts on your website and, you know, it just, you know, brought happiness and joy and, you know, thrilling stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've always wanted to sort of just live in a cozy little thing that I could drive around, but I don't have my license. So it would take a lot more work <laughs> to me than, uh, than just that. <laughs> So it it seems like it like laid your foundation for like who you've become now and like really brought you closer with your family and everything like that. So can you tell me a bit about like what 
sparked the van life? What started it all? Whew, I, I feel like it was like a bunch of stuff that sparked van life. We were living in San Diego. We were working like crazy. Uh, we were we were not getting the gigs that like I knew we could get. I was probably postpartum, to be honest with you. Like I never got diagnosed, but like looking back now that I feel really healthy, I'm I'm like a hundred percent sure that I had a really bad case of postpartum. So it was just a bunch of stuff like needing to get out, wanting to find more gigs, wanting to just make a decision on somewhere else we could live because I lived in San Diego my whole life. And so Mike was actually really not happy about van life at first. He was pissed. And I was like, well, I'm going on van life. I'm taking our kids. So you can either come or you can stay. But me and the kid and the dog are going on an adventure. Like that's just what's happening. And so I planned for a year. We found a van. We found a van that we wanted. We 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 didn't really do a lot of alterations we, we we went very minimally and that was part of the plan but i think if we went back again i would i would insulate it that would be something that i would change because when it got cold it just wasn't fun like van mm. life became really not fun and that's something i, I never thought about the cold because i lived in you know california forever yeah um but so i think it was a lot of things that spurred van life and uh it was just really transformative and really healing to just kind of like let go of everything and to just every day just wake up and just kind of go and um <laughs> like we think he was gonna still a little upset about it so we were told within that year that detroit was like the place to be like if you want to be an r&b artist like go to detroit like that's the place and so our whole plan was we're gonna van life until we don't want to van life anymore and then we'll end in detroit that'll be like our indian destination and we got to detroit and it just wasn't and we had seen some beautiful places in, in America that, that I had never seen. And we had done so much. And Detroit just, it didn't speak to me when we finally got there. So we ended up in Toledo, which is where Mike's family lives. And uh, we ended up with his family, which was like perfect timing. It's kind of like, you know, like just kind of following life and and taking it where it needs to take you. It was his worst nightmare and it turned into like, something wonderful. I never wanted to be in Toledo. Um, and it just worked out great before the pandemic. We were, we were very successful. The plan was to move to the Midwest, be close to Detroit. Detroit was the plan, but so we ended up close to Detroit. We're about 40 minutes away and to get a lot of gigs because now we're in a place where they appreciate R and B. And we were doing that. We were working a lot between music gigs and acting contracts we were like non-stop and it was a blessing and then corona hit and uh i found twitch and but everything in between that whole van life experience was just it helped me be free it helped me kind of just figure out i don't know it, it was a reset it was a huge reset i think looking at the world especially if you're in a perspective of just trying to see things differently, whether it's, you know, emotionally or perspectively or like literally mm -hmm. seeing more of the world than you've seen before is really something that can open you up to like understanding how to change and knowing that, you know, everything's distant, like different and still consistent, you know, and there's always like, there's always ground to hold on to, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's, I mean, I haven't, personally traveled much but i've i've got that in my head already so i know when i do travel it'll sort of open me up a little more than i expect it to um yeah. 
but uh, I know I'm, not, I mean, I'm unfortunately probably not going to get van life, but I'll be uh, traveling through the States once COVID's done too. Maybe I'll yeah. stop by Toledo. I mean, come through. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to New York and uh, Cali eventually, so we're, we're going to see what's, what's going on. Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, though, what are some of your fondest memories about van life? Um, literally, in, in, in the song Adventure, I say waking up on city streets or with the trees. Mm. And waking up in a different place every day, oh, God, it's like the best. It is literally the best feeling. Just you find somewhere beautiful. And, and, and some nights you're sleeping, like, on the streets, like, in a residential neighborhood because the neighborhood looks safe or you have those nights when you wake up and you're like literally like just on the ocean or like in a forest or like just so many of beautiful memories of waking up in in beautiful places and falling asleep in beautiful places um i also loved mount rushmore i loved it was so beautiful it is a, such a stunning piece of artwork i'm a huge art connoisseur uh-huh. I, you know, and everybody, everybody has their own art that they love. Um, but I love art. I collect art. Um, and, uh, Mount Rushmore just blew my mind and blew my mind. Um, hiking. You know, it was also amazing van sex. Like this is just all so every part of it's all so great. Yeah. <laughs> it's all so great. Now you said like, um, waking up with different scenery every day and stuff like that. And it reminded me of a, a YouTuber that I watched that just sort of like free roams and he just sort of goes places and he sets up a hammock wherever he feels like it. And it's like, my God, sometimes he just wakes up and he turns his camera on at 5 AM and he's in this hammock and there's just this lake <laughs> with this glorious fucking sunset and these mountains in the background and these trees. And my heart fucking sinks and I'm watching a YouTube video <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I got to go there. You know, I got yeah, I got to experience some more of that van life and stuff like that. You know, but yes. um, how long was that adventure? The one that the stretchy one? Did you do you take shorter ones? Have you taken shorter ones? How so long that, is your average one? That was about three three months, a little over three months. Um, and we had done some like road trips before that, and like like we went on tour with Mike's band, which was like. That was something. And like we have done like tours ourselves, like Mike and I. Um, but van life was like like very intentional. We're like the rest of these were like we still have our house and we still have all of our stuff. And van life was like sell everything, leave the house, like let's just go. So that was very different. And I crave that. I really want to do that again. Um, but like obviously, like I said, I, I don't have the I don't want to take the time to insulate a van right now. And so I'm not just going to go out and go and do that. Uh, but I, I will definitely do it again. And we do car life now mm. uh, where we'll like, we'll, we'll leave for however long, however long we feel like, and we'll just kind of travel to different places and sleep in hotels or like sleep in rest stops. And the adventure is still there. It's been a weird year with coronavirus because we haven't done any of that really um we drove to dc for going to the zoo with with uh with our twitch stream uh and that was fun but i that was like pretty much it but yeah, we I caught a bit of that stream 
I want to say what, like maybe like at least, at least 50,000 miles a year, if not like more of just like going. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of going. I don't, <laughs> I, I pretty much stay in the same place most of the time. So it's, it's a lot of going for me. <laughs> when was the last time you played a live show that actually was in front of people? Good Lord. Good Lord. Uh, I played a wedding on July 4th of 2020. And that was obviously for people. And then we played at a, uh, they do like a once a month community dinner for anybody that like needs to eat or wants to just feel like a part of the community here in Toledo. And uh, we played that. And I want to say that was like September and that was it. I've been turning down gigs. <laughs> I love Twitch. I cannot help it. I love Twitch. So I just been, I've been unavailable unless something really amazing comes along. So it's been working out a bit better for you financially than uh, live gigs were? Oh my God. No. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> no, not at all. Live gigs pay. Live gigs pay. And, uh, you know, I had already had like a nice established rate by the time because we moved. Remember, we had to, so we had to buy new. This is what sucks. In the last like four years, we've bought new amps because we when we left for van life, we sold everything. Like right. we literally, if it wasn't in our van, we didn't have it. Minus some art, minus some art. Because like I told you guys, I'm not selling my art. It's not happening. It's irreplaceable. So we um. We moved here. We had to establish like different gigs, like throughout mostly Michigan, not really a lot in Ohio, mostly Michigan. And uh, we had to buy new amps, new microphones, like a whole new studio to like be able to go gig. And then the pandemic hits right yeah. when like our gigs are established. We're booked. We're so booked. Uh, so then the pandemic hit and uh, we got on Twitch and we had to buy a whole new setup because we're we're live giggers. We're not yeah. studio musicians. So financially, no, it hasn't worked out yet. But is it going to work out? Hell yes. Um, our community is growing. Uh, I mean, we have not gone hungry the whole pandemic. And uh, it feeds my soul. And it, I get to I get to perform at 7 a.m. Mm. The only gigs that I get at 7 a.m. are like national anthem gigs <laughs> so yeah. it feels good to be doing like what i want to do when i want to do it on my own time frame i don't have to drive anywhere i don't have to use dirty bathrooms i i create my own vibe like 100 percent my own vibe and i love i love it so uh no it's on faith it's mm. on faith yeah <laughs> But you get to sleep in, or you get to stay in your onesie too. And if you wanted to sleep in, you could, you know, you get and to I do can all that. And I stream on Smilax if I want, you know. Yeah, just be as comfy as you need to be. Uh, yep, exactly. It's 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 amazing what COVID has kind of done for people, but it's also like amazing what it's taken away, and it's it's got like the, it's both it's got two sides to it. It's done a lot of yeah. positive things for people, like made people better at their crafts and things that they're like been practicing and gave them more time to practice that thing. But at the same time, it's like, it's also taken away businesses and it's taken away like livelihoods and things like that. Social you lives. Know, it's unfortunate 
but at the same time you have to kind of be like well necessity is born out of is born out of like or what is it creation is born out of necessity and so if you if you spent most of the year wallowing well then you got some catch-up to do but if you were on the forefront of figuring out what the fuck is going to come next for you great and and we have a lot of friends who are musicians who just kind of waited they were just like okay well we're just gonna wait and see what happens and that's cool and gigs are coming back for them but when you find that something is so unstable like that for you to put all of your eggs in that basket continually is not a good business move and music is a business for me and so it was about like great live gigs are great but we saw how easily they got taken away so how do I create something that's will withstand the test of time. And I think Twitch is really helping with that, creating kind of like this whole online world and not just gig to gig to gig, which I do love gigging. And eventually somebody's going to hit me on the right day and I'm going to be like, sure. But but it's going to have to be something really good. Yeah, not a 7 p.m. gig where all your energy is gone, right? I'm not playing at 9 p.m. in the backwoods of Michigan. Like, it's not happening. Sorry. So one of my questions was, we kind of covered it here, uh, was basically how does being a streamer compare to doing live gigs? Yeah, we talked yeah. about finances. We've talked about how, how the differences in stabilization and stuff. But how, how do you feel like you're not on stage anymore? You're not, I mean, you're still in front of a camera, but you're not mm-hmm. on stage anymore. Does that feel different to you? No, not at all. No? I, love it. I, I really like it. I mean, just because I'm good at performing doesn't mean that, like, I... I like being in front of people all the time. <laughs> like I, I really enjoy Mike will say things on his stream about our personal life. And I'm just like, why did you say that? And it will be something like, like about our sex life or about like, like he'll say like Saucy's real name or something, you know? And it's just like, it's not like huge things, but they're big things to me. So I really do like privacy. And I like the fact that, I can stream right here, but like, I don't have to talk to you in the bathroom when I need moments to myself Mm. and I want to be, or like when I'm on break, I don't, I like that. I don't have to hide in my car so that I can protect my energy because streaming or, or performing in general, there's a big transference of energy and you, and you need to be able to recoup that. And so I love streaming. I feel my energy feels really protected and, and I love it. And I, and, um, so no, I mean, like there is that, like, like you get to be raunchy on stage and you get to like sweat and I love that. And I love like being with the band, but like, I would trade that for this mm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. See, I've been, I, I, I've never done a live gig. Like I've never been the one on stage personally, but, um, I have friends who have, and I've been on the side of the stage while they're jumping around and I, I get to watch that energy and I do get to the exchanges of being in the bathroom with, Hey, that set was great. eh? you know, yes. and, I, and I fully understand, like, I mean, I, I get anxiety when I'm at a, at a show at a friend's show too. It's like, you know, I don't know this sweaty guy who's been drinking for the past six hours next to me and I don't yes. know what he's going to say or do, or if he's going to start, you know, pounding like Masha next to me and start, throwing himself into me because I've had that happen before too, where, you know, my wife was standing next to me pregnant. We were at a, a live show and some guy started, you know, swinging into us and she's pregnant yes. and I had yes. to like fucking push her back and be like, dude, you know, so, you know, I understand the safety and the, the comfort energy that you're looking for. There is definitely like something that I've vibed for at my, my shows when I go to shows as well. So yeah, yeah it's definitely, 
scary to think about it i mean when i'm at a show i have my my bubble and it's scary to think about that bubble being popped so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I have my my little anxiety center you know? <laughs> yeah and then what rafi said too about like finding twitch and right. then like now twitch is like what you want to do and it's so hard because i have a kid so like i stream i teach I I have to do all the administrative side of my job. So like, you know, I'm filing the taxes. I'm the marketing. I'm the I'm the everything for mm -hmm. our business. And then I just want to watch Twitch. And it's so hard because when you're watching TV, like you can just zone out on TV, right? Like you don't have to interact. But when you're watching Twitch, like you want to interact. You want to like talk to the people in chat. Right. You want to talk to the streamer. And so it's like, I have to like physically be like, I'm not going to watch Twitch because like I'm not, I'm going to ignore my kid if I'm sitting here watching Twitch. Uh, so there's like that, like there, there is that obsession. Like you do want to like be on Twitch a lot and it is that community aspect. And that's something that you do get at gigs because you have people that will come to your gigs and you have like, you know, you build up a night at this bar and you build up a night at this bar and you build up a night at this bar. And it's really nice to be able to like, my night at the bar is just Twitch. I could just build up my Twitch bar and then that will kind of like build up everything else. Um, so I really like that too. So it's hard, Rafi. It's really hard. I quit watching TV early 2000s and went through a reality TV phase, but I never went back. Twitch is my TV. I mean, I still like watching movies at night. Like I'll put a movie on for bed sometimes. Um, but Twitch, I, Twitch is next level. Yeah, I mean... Personally, I've been telling Aaron this a lot. It's it's definitely something else too, especially if you're moderating for somebody. And I mm -hmm. I'm a moderator for multiple channels. Um, I'm not always present for everything, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm moderate for Aaron almost since he started. And I've been in almost every single one of his streams for the entirety of the length of every single stream. Yeah, I have two kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna bring that up to you, like also, like I mean, as a streamer. And somebody who watches Twitch quite often, like you have, you, you have to manage all this, all this stuff, including your kid and stuff like that. And like, you, you just made a point of saying, you know, you can't be on it all the time or else you're going to, you know, miss something, you know, important from your kid or, you, you know, your family and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. but how do, how do you handle like juggling, like having a family and streaming at the same time? I mean, I've seen you personally like you and english share that that room where you stream you both like, he does <laughs> yeah. his interviews in there and you do your your live sets in there and now i'm interviewing you and you're in there i mean <laughs> I, I what saucy was in there the other night passed out on that snorlax you guys just it's just come in and out it's come in and out right how do, how do you juggle all that you know we didn't we didn't plan on having saucy the saucy saucy was like i'm coming so now we have saucy and it was like well we're not gonna stop our career did it change like the way that we had to approach our career as musicians absolutely i mean there was times when like I would be like teaching a student at our home studio and it'd be like, okay, well, I can't teach between this time and this time because I got to breastfeed or I got to do this or I got to do that. And just all of those things. But Saucy has grown up with us working for ourselves and having these crazy schedules since the beginning. So I think he finds it normal. And if there's ever a day when he's just like, you guys are working too much. 
I need I need to see my my mom or I need I need this and we're like okay cool let's do that so like you know he always will come first obviously within reason he can't just say that every day but mm. um we uh he comes he he if he feels like we're doing too much we're doing too much but I mean if we didn't have kids we would never stop it literally is saucy that makes us prioritize like having those moments because I think me and Mike could literally just like work and then sleep and then work and then sleep and then work and that would just be it yeah I think I could find myself obsessing over things too if I didn't have like priorities and things to deal with and stuff and I mean my kids are kind of a handful I don't know like if you've ever had like other kids over or when you have kids mixed with your kids and and things you know birthday parties and things like that That's like, it's like that all the time here because I have two kids. They mingle like that and it's like having a birthday party every day. Even though there's only two of them, there's yelling, there's screaming, there's stomping. Even during this, you know, hour and 20 minute interview so far, (laughs) I've heard my house has been rattling. I've had to sort of like roll my eyes back because I'm just like, oh my God, I hope this microphone isn't picking it up. Yes. I think that's everybody's. I mean, that was the, that was one of the greatest things about this pandemic and yes i'm finding all the silver linings because that's what i do is find silver linings one of the great things was that it leveled the playing field for everybody it didn't matter if you were trevor noah or you were joe rogan or Mm. you were drew barrymore like you were dealing with your kids at your house trying to do your job like and i loved that i loved that aspect it was like nope and so everybody who kind of started on the internet before the pandemic had a leg up i mean you were seeing celebrities that like you obviously they were not the ones editing their videos before the pandemic and now they're stuck at home like and so i loved i loved that it became so real and i think that it was a good it was a good thing for people to realize what moms are going through and not just moms but i'm saying moms what they're going through when they're raising their kids and trying to work and trying to do everything because there is that like like, okay, well, I really, I have to work. I can't not work. I love what I do. And and especially like I work for myself. I have to do this work. Like no one else is going to do this. Then it's like, okay, well, Saucy needs me. I'm homeschooling Saucy. He needs time to just like be a family. So what do you do? You just sacrifice yourself. And I think that was what the pandemic was really good for me for was being like, I'm in this house all day. I have to learn to separate. I have to learn to like create these boundaries of where everything is going to be so that I can continue and not burn on both ends. Yeah. That's what gets you down. eh? burning on both ends. I think I've been doing that for a long time. I think I need to sort of maybe relight a new candle and just make sure that I get it on the right, on the wick. Stick it on the thing, right? (laughs) Instead of burning it. I I used to be a pyromaniac and I used to make little sculptures out of wax. I used to just burn the wax until they made like this little Roman candle thing. And I just like, sand it down until it looked like one of those sculptures going like this or something that's kind of fun well yeah but uh at the same time it was like you know a waste of wax you're literally burning the candle at both ends just to get the you know yeah make this little little thing yeah it was a piece of art it was something you know i'm making something i'm still making something even though i'm burning the candles at both ends but it still feels like you know the heat's getting closer to the point where you're just gonna so time for a new candle i think Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, Raina, uh, yeah. I loved having you on my podcast today. Thank you so much for, for joining me. Tell everybody Thank where they can find you. Yes. 
So my name is Raina Mystique, R-E-I-N-A Mystique, spelled like the X-Men. You can find me on Twitch at Raina Mystique. You can find me literally everywhere. Spotify, Instagram, iTunes, Facebook, TikTok now, all the places. Um, So go support, go support, um, share with somebody, you know, all of those things. And uh, come back and watch me on streams. I, I don't I don't like to put my all of my eggs in one basket, but I put a lot of eggs in Twitch. I fucking love Twitch, guys. Yeah. Again, <laughs> awesome. Raina, thank you for coming on here. Thank uh, you for having me, Valo. It was a great, really, really, really awesome interview. Yeah. I enjoyed having you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Maxie.